John and fucking Gilly's conversation, which is dumb because nine pages. You really only need the gist of that. Can fucking season two still calling it out for you. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. As always, I'm your host Zach, and sitting here next to me—that's enough. I didn't want right. to say your name. Is this guy Nate. Nate? Yeah, my name. I wish you would stop pausing so long because I'm gonna have to edit those little gaps out. Oh no, so that we don't sound terrible. Man, you're awful. Christ. If you haven't been here before, we are full spoiler, so if you don't like that kind of thing, you should go back and read the A Song of Ice and Fire series in its entirety. Go back home! And then come on back, because we'll be waiting. Oh, yeah, or if you on. don't mind, or you've been here before, then full spoiler, and you know that, and welcome back. Guys, Thank I you. called my mom, and she says I can't come out tonight. What? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm you... just offering high school excuses. <laughs> For no apparent reason, mm-hmm. just well, I guess write that one down, guys. You're welcome. Your mom said you can't. That's my mom said I can't. Kay. No, it works every time. Like I today, so. I go to the bank and they're like, "Yo, you need to pay this overdraft fee." My mom said I can't. Sorry. <laughs> that doesn't. That's it not... works. They're right. angry, but it if works you for me. were with us last episode, we were reading Catlin too. Yes. Catelyn Stark. You named it Good King Renly, which I disagree with. I know. Yeah, I no. did it for that reason. What can we do? Yeah, Cat arrived at Renly's camp, met Brienne of Teeth, Brienne of Tarth, sorry. And, Whoa. Uh, and, uh. Whoa. There was, I, all right, so this is going to make me a ta- terrible, terrible person, but there's a moment in the show where Gwendolyn Christie as Brienne just makes his face and me and my stupid group of friends paused it at this moment and made that picture our group chat. <laughs> and so we we just started calling her Brienne of Teeth because it was so prominent. But Acceptable. Catelyn met Brienne. She also met Marjorie Tyrell and Renly. And Renly kind of asked where Rob stands right now and then made, was... a, made a big demonstration of his army. army. And how he has waggling his dick all in front of this he's high gonna, lady. Thinks he's gonna have the Dornish and says essentially, you know, if Rob helps me, I'll allow him to keep calling himself kings, but a uh, king. But I will have his fealty and his. But loyalty. he's interrupted by the news that Stannis has arrived at Storm's End. Close chapter. We are reading this episode. John, though. John Tree. Tree. Way up, away from the bottom, down south, all so, the way up north of the wall. John Tree was preceded. Preceded? So John 2 John is two, what he's talking about. Where he was about. at a big tree is what I was getting Got to. It. John Tree, number tree, and tree. Well, John Master was at, John of was, fucking segues yeah, here. Yeah, that's me. John was at White Tree, and it was abandoned, as were all the wildling villages that they had been coming across, and it was really unsettling. The haunted forest had never felt so haunted, and even Ghost was having trouble finding food, and animals even were gone. And so there was this big looming question of, is this winter is coming shit, or is this wildling nonsense? And it's just a really eerie feeling. There was a really cool werewood, the... That big covered old, the big old, big old one. And the Night's Watch just kept on trekking. Sam is actually one of the few men who's not afraid as much as he should be, which is kind of neat for Sam. And yeah, it's just kind of shitty conditions as they're plowing north, uh, following more, well, not following, but 
at night, staring up at Mormont's torch burning high above them. But we pick up in John 3, and apparently the weather has turned because a blowing, lashing rain is whipping into John's face. And beside him, the old bear rides just as miserable with the raven on his shoulder. Yeah. And John thinks haunted forest, more like drowned oh, forest. Oh, drowning right? forest. Yeah, fuck you. What's John. the deal with airline <laughs> food? So, yeah, basically he spends a few minutes just thinking about how absolutely terrible the weather is. He wonders how Sam is faring back in the back with the six ravens. Six days of rain. And six what days. What a shitty fucking Walk week. in through the woods. Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. And so, as he's lo- he's also thinking, starts thinking about Pip and uh, the other fucking dude, Toad. Though, Toad, yeah, back Ooh, at the wall, and how they're probably just fucking chilling by a fire with some, you waiting know, waiting for supper. Yeah, yeah, warm by a fire, drinking some ale. Like shit, that's the life, man. John wanted this. Like that's the funny thing is he wanted to be a ranger, and now they're ranging. They're getting some rain, and he's already miserable, but everyone's miserable. A hunting horn sounds up ahead, and Mormont says that that means that Craster is still there. Yeah, it was Buck the gods. Buckwell's horn. Buckwell! And I like Buckwell. Yeah, I do too. Just because his name is fun to say. John had heard, he thinks now of all he had heard of his brothers talking of Craster and his keep, and now he'd finally get to see it for himself. And they'd all been dreading finding it empty as well as all the other wild things. Yeah, because at this point we learn they've they've seen seven other villages, seven total, including White Tree. Seven. Uh, the seven. The, the seven. seven. Oh my god. Seven. seven. The, I guess we're getting a little heavy-handed with the seven. Yeah. But are we? <laughs> he he starts thinking about Craster's reputation though, and what he's heard about Craster at this point, and you know, Mormont's like, no, no, he's acceptable. Yeah. It's all right. Thorn Smallwood swore he was a friend to the watch. Crazy for living in the fucking haunted woods, but he'd never turned away a ranger, and he has no love for Mance Raider. So, John thinks that he'll just be happy with a hot meal and a chance to fucking dry. And so, Dywin had called Craster a kingslayer, a liar, Kin. raper, kinslayer, kinslayer, not kingslayer. Liar, raper, and craven. But then he also hinted that he trafficked with slaves and demons. And slavers and demons. And yeah, worse. I said slaves, huh? And worse. Yeah, so John acts so surprised, but Di- went and told him right here. Like He tells him as well while clacking his wooden yeah. teeth. There's a cold smell to that one. I don't like that. Yeah, it's I mean... Creepy. With Dywin is re- this reputed ranger who's known for using his nose and... I mean, do do you think it's just Dywin knows that he's giving his children um, to the old gods, or I think that there could potentially be something, with... or is he actually like sniffing them out? Yeah, that like there's like you know when when there's a snow, you can kind of there's that smell in the air, just like here in the desert when the the creosotes, I think they're called creosote, uh, when... lime and rust. No, CLR. <laughs> <laughs> so they just, it's calcium in CLR. You oh, is fucking it? Idiot. Like creosotes are oh, like it's these a creosote bush- log, is I think what I was thinking. These of. are no? like bushes out here that when it rains, it's what makes that nasty smell. Whatever. Mormont tells John to <laughs> ride back and tell everybody and make sure that they all know that there's to be no trouble about Craster's wives. The men are to mind their hands and speak to these women as little as need be, which Sam is immediately going to break. Yeah. So John does. He turns turns and rides back, and everyone he passed seemed to be weeping. 
but he passes Sam. Well, they're just getting rained on. Well, yeah. And, yeah, he, he comes across Sam. And and... Big floppy hat. Yeah, and I, I love this part because he calls out to Sam making a joke about the fucking ravens losing their shit. And Sam looks up and he's just like... Hey, hey, how's it going? As he's like soaked or anything. Yeah, but like he's one of the only ones that seems to be in decent spirits. You know, he says even the ravens hate the rain, but they get around to it. John tells him Crasters is ahead, and Sam is clearly nervous of Crasters. He's a terrible savage. He marries his daughter and obeys daughters and obeys his own laws. And Dywin says he has black blood in his veins. His mother was a wildling who lay with a ranger. And, uh, so he's, so he's, uh, so, uh, he can't get it out. And John's like a bastard. You can, you can say it. He's saying it laughing. Uh, I think it's interesting though, that we're getting note of someone, his mother was a wildling who lay with a ranger. Oh, so we're assuming it's a ranger, male, man of the night's watch, laying with a female wildling, which John is going to be doing very soon. It's a. A talk of egret. So is that monstrous? Is it you know his right, mother right. like Craster could be essentially born of like John and Egret's relationship. Right. So right. just the fact that it's being demonized here because Craster maybe but from was that so union, possibly but, capable of happening yeah. between John here in the future. And so yeah, John kind of finds it funny that Sam can't say bastard, and he continues on needing to find Sir Otten, and he says they'll talk later, and. John goes and finds Sir Otten yeah, and uh, tells him. Yeah, he goes down to the back of the the whole thing, the caravan, the fucking group, tells everybody that needs to know, and then decides to turn around yeah. and head back. And he kind of makes a wide girth he does, around. He does. He had the same thing he did in White Tree. This is the exact same thing he did in the exact same emergence of ghosts. And I thought it was the symmetry between the chapters was kind of nutty, where when White Tree, uh, Mormont had him ride back to tell the men that they were, you know, going to search the houses and everything and to get Sam. And when he rode back up front, he cut out wide to avoid right, the right. congestion, and that's when Ghost joined him. And he does the same here. He cuts out wide, and as he does... He stumbles into Dywin and Grant. Well, I think it's that, like, the rain gets well, quiet yes. and sound Well, because it's a like, thicker yeah. tree, so they're not on the hunt. he's not on the hunting paths, and so he says that, you know, it gets darker gloomier where it's like and he's just trekking through like mud and fucking brush all sorts of crazy yeah. shit and then yeah yeah said. here's a noise and he calls out for ghosts thinking boy yeah boy and uh gren and dywin step out what up and we learned that old bear has been super cautious lately when he sends out scouts he's been making sure it's two men in a pair no one's to go off alone anymore so mormont is definitely doubling down on all the information that he's been getting that shit's whack and Dywin says that he thought he and Gren had to deal with another in John. And John's, uh, he's not worried about ghosts. He's like, oh, it's not ghosts, so whatever. But uh, John tells him they're at, I'm, I'm trying to look something up real quick. Cause... You're awful. You're terrible. Well, you I mean, you know, you something. can speak as well. Well, you could have said something and I would have known, but uh, I didn't really note this conversation all that much because they didn't say a whole lot. But Ghost does show up at the end of the conversation. Yeah. John tells him of Craster. Like, yeah, Craster's oh, well, keep yeah, is up ahead. brings them, that up. And uh, Gren says, is it true how many wives he has? And Dywin says, yeah, he's got more than you ever will. And it's not yeah. so hard when you breed your own. Yeah, and he's also claiming, you know, that he's going to grab a couple himself. And yeah. All but uh, the thing calls. is, is Ghost appears without John fucking real. Like, Ghost is just suddenly there. Right, well, he says that. It's Dywin. He, there's your beast, Snow. And John turns, and he's just there. I just picture the... the uh, 
Dwight meme with yeah Angela. with oh shit. oh shit but uh, I I was looking up because I had wanted to know as he rides in before Dywin and Gren come out he rode past a lightning blasted chestnut tree that was overgrown with wild white roses and it's just a Very odd vivid thing yeah description and so. Uh, I had meant to and just did now. White roses often represent purity, innocence, and usefulness and are sometimes referred to as bridal roses because of their association with the young love and eternal loyalty. White roses can also symbolize a new beginning and everlasting love. Like, it feels to me that this is setting up a lot of John's feelings towards Egret. This yeah. whole young love. I mean, this eternal, also could... Yeah, yeah. And it's a lightning-blasted tree, meaning it's not going to be... Good. It's not going to. You be know what it this... should mean. Lightning blasted. Lightning is Beric Dondarrion's sigil. He's gonna. Beric Dondarrion's cold hands. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> no. Yeah. I. I think there's just a lot of significance toward John's feelings toward Egret that will come up here, being kind of subtly dropped in the background. But yeah, yeah, yeah. John and Ghost head off toward Cap. Caster's Keep. That's the place we're going to. He never expected to see a castle north of the wall, but what he finds is still pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's... he expected more than just a fucking hill with, like, a hut on top. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you've seen Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, wherever you're from, um, it's the shack out on the island that Hagrid breaks the door down to. Basically. Only shorter. Yeah, it was the keep, the keep, if you could call it that, stood upon a small rise to be, uh, which was, uh, Jesus Christ, a rise too small to be a hill surrounded by an earthen dike, which is the only really natural defense. And to the southwest, they fu- he found a gate that was flanked with animal skulls on poles, a bear and a ram, and the flesh still clung to the bear. So It's very fresh. Yeah. Well, clearly a message to Mormont. Yeah. I mean, I think Ed picks up on it later as well. Yep. But within, men are setting up horse lines, raising tents, and women are working pretty much everywhere. Dogs are everywhere, and Ghost and John just kind of ignore, fuck all, whatevs. And head right up to Ed. Yeah. And so Ed takes his horse and decides to start cleaning it, and I always love the conversation Ed. Ed fucking kills it, man. Um, did you get any of his quotes in there? He basically, I have one. He says, tells John that if it's warm and it's dry inside, don't tell me. I wasn't asked in. Like, <laughs> he didn't get invited in. So, like, if it's nice in there, don't fucking yeah, tell me. Yeah, he reminds me of the Alan Rickman robot from Yeah, Hitler's yeah. Guide. And it's so, very good stuff. Yeah, Ed tells him, Mormon awaits you in the hall. He wants you to join him. And so... He he leaves Ghost with Ed. Yeah, Ed's like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend bringing him and John And Hanks. goes right inside. And yeah, yeah uh, two dozen rangers stood around a fire pit. It's all one single room. There's a sleeping loft up above, but that's pretty much it. And John remembers leaving the wall, nervous yet excited to see all the wonders beyond the wall. And Craster's Keep was always one of those wonders. Here is one of those wonders. And Craster himself sat above the fire, the only man with his own chair. Even Lord Mormont was forced to sit on the common bench. He looked to be a powerful man, but well into the winter of his days. Flat nose, missing ear. So this is a wildling, John thinks, remembering old man's stories of savages drinking blood from human skulls. Craster must have forgotten. Yeah. This so, isn't the yeah. terrifying wildling. It really, more than anything, it just makes me excited to read more about Mance. Like, I can't wait to get to Mance. Because mm-hmm. I just love so much, and I want to point out a bunch of it here, just shit that he 
he's got these fucking misconceptions of oh, these yeah. people, and it's so prominent here. And, like, Mormont's going to say some fucking deep good shit. And, like, yeah, I just – it's funny that he's, you know, especially that it, Craster forgot – or apparently Craster didn't hear those stories yeah, from yeah, yeah. man. Like, he's just a guy, like, a weird-looking guy. A but gross guy. Like, he's doing vile things, but he's just a guy. Yeah. And as John enters, Craster is telling Mormont that he hasn't seen Benjamin Stark for three years, not that he's missed. And uh, Smallwood speaks up saying that he should have been through last year, and he actually kicks a dog that sniffs him, which means Thorin Smallwood for death. Like, get him the fuck out of here. Put him in the fire pit right now. And Craster recalls Sir Waymore Royce, Garrod, and Will coming through, saying yeah. that the Lordling refused to sleep under his roof. Garrod wasn't half so bad for a crow, but now I hear he's got no head. Yeah, because he lost one of his ears. He had less ears than mm. I do. Lost him to the bite. The bite. And Did then, he lose uh, his head to the bite, too? <laughs> which snaps John God, back I to chapter this. one yeah. of Game of Thrones. Bran's first chapter, the spray of blood on the snow, the way Theon Greyjoy kicked the head. The Greyjoy? Greyjoy. The man was a deserter, and he was on his uh, or he thinks that on the way back, he and Rob had raced back to Winterfell and found the dire wolves yeah. a thousand years ago. A thousand years ago. And so Mormont asks where those, I kicked the table, don't. I know. Mormont asks where the three of them went after Craster's, and Craster's like, I don't know, I'm not in the, the, the business of questioning crows, and, and, you know, starts, oh, but I do like your southern wine, and I could use a new axe, and blah, blah, blah. So, Mormont, actually, and this surprised me, he offers an escort for Craster and his women yeah, back yeah. to the wall, safe passage, saying, you're not safe out here. He says, no, but I'm free. I don't have to be your fucking serving wench. Mm, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mormont tells him these are bad times to be alone. Cold winds are rising. And he says, let them rise. My roots are deep. And so he tells him of the abandoned villages, the dead rangers that rose in the night and killed Sir Jeremy Rykar. And the other one who came for me, which tells me they remember some of what they know when they lived, but there is no human mercy left in them. And Craster gets angry. He's he's kind of, you know, don't go spreading your lies of evil. What what is this? What is what is Craster doing here? Is he like is he lying? Is he genuinely scared of the the whites or the White Walkers here? No no no. So the way I see this was. Um, cause I don't, I'm not sure if he's aware that they're all aware, like Mormont and stuff. I mean, I cut you but... off. I feel like we should have finished the quote cause he says, I'm a godly man and the gods keep me safe. If whites come walking, I'll send them back to their graves, though I do need a new ax for it. So. Well, he said, uh, where did I have it? I lost yeah, yeah, yeah. my place now. Um, way over here, I think. Yeah. If whites came walking, I'll know how to send them away. Um, and I think it's purely him because like Mormont's saying these villages are being taken because of the whites. And yeah. so I think it's him saying, no, they're not coming and wiping out these people and killing these and slot. Like, don't scare my girls over stupid shit. If they come after me, I know what keeps them at bay. So I, I'm a so godly man of, is saying like, I serve them. They keep yeah, me safe. Like I know what, what I have to I'm do to safe stay out safe. Here. I'm yeah. safe. Okay. Not kind of alluding to, but not actually saying that he does serve them. 
And so, you know, Mormont is fully aware of it, but as John doesn't see it, he's not aware of it. Buckwell speaks up, and he says, And what of the living? What of your king, sir? And Craster spits in the fire. Mance Raider, what do free folk want with a king? I could tell you much of Mance if I had a mind. And he, he's, he's just trying to bargain, but he says, These empty villages, that's his work. He sent me a rider as well, tells me I must be leaving my own keep to come grovel at his feet. I sent the rider back, but kept his tongue, and he points to where it's nailed on the wall. I could tell you where Mance is, but there will be time for that later. I suppose you'll be wanting my roof and to eat me out of pigs. So, I mean, he's being a cunt. He's just stalling and seeing how much he can get. And for... that's, yeah, that's who he is when yeah, he yeah. does. So Mormon agrees, yeah, roof would be most welcome, but we've... Brought food, our own food that we'll share. I'll bring you some wine, and I've got my axe that I'm going to give you as a fucking gift. Craster says they can stay for one night, no longer. They can have the floor, and he has meat and beer for 20, no more. And he says, any man lays a hand on my wife, he loses the hand. And Mormont doesn't seem pleased, but nods in agreement. And he asks if they have anyone who can drop a map. And John steps forward, volunteering. I volunteer as tribute, Samuel Tolly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sam can. And Mormont tells him, go fetch him. And bring Tolet to tell him to bring my new axe. And Craster immediately is like, well, who is this boy? Has the looks of a Stark about him. He has the looks of a Stark. Like, damn, is it that prominent? I think that is very good from fucking George. Just that misdirection, because, like, there's not all that much hinting anymore at the Liana connection. And so it just very much... Well, I, I disagree. Rob looks more like that is the hinting at it. He looks like Arya. He looks like Liana. He, that is the Stark look. Like, Rob doesn't have well, a Stark. Ned Sansa well. doesn't. And so I'm saying that, like, it kind of, on first read, you're, oh, yeah, he's, he and can Benjen. tell just from this. I would Benjen assume he's, Ned. yeah, he's playing right. this off of Benjen. I doubt he's ever met Ned Stark. So... He's playing this off of Benjen, which I like. That's just an interesting, right? Like reflection, because we always get John to Arya and like Rob to Cat and Sansa to Cat and Arya to Lyanna, but John to Benjen is an interesting one, proving again. I well, think more he might have a... met other Starks too. How old is he? He's old. He's Craster. Old. I mean, he's old, but Benjen's been the last Stark in the I Night's Watch. Like he, he's not going south of the Wall to meet Ned Stark. Like. Craster's probably only met Benjamin Stark, but he uh, waves John off and John leaves. And now tents had gone up all over and the rain had relaxed a little. And he finds Ed, who gives him the axe and just kind of goes, Why not give him all our axes and our swords as well? We tri- yeah. <laughs> travel faster straight to Hell's door. Does it rain in Hell, I wonder? And I just uh, love his, his like, sar- yeah, just that sarcastic. Like he's dry- miserable and he's being bitchy about it, but like in the funniest way. So. Smallwood says, John says that Smallwood says Craster's a friend of the Watch. And this was the quote I wrote down from Ed. You know the difference between a wildling that's a friend of the Watch and one who's not? Our enemies leave our bodies for crow and wolf. Our friends bury us in secret graves. I wonder how long that bear has been nailed up there and what Craster had up there before we came. Like, that is a astute observation yeah, yep. there. Like, Craster uh, left us a message like we are not safe here regardless of guest right and all that shit and yeah what's to stop him from killing all the fucking officers of the watch and keeping it a secret or whatever you know like 
doing it in secret, not doing it in the open. Our enemies will do it in the open. Is Craster an enemy or? Yeah, who knows? And John says that Craster is one man. We're 200. I doubt he'll attack anyone. And Ed kind of walks away, sadly. So John is wondering where he could find Sam when he hears the shout of wolf and takes off. Yeah, running. finds Ghost being. Uh, I'm not referring to where his crasters. He's got I'm Gilly. Gilly. Yeah. yeah, I was I yeah. right off the bat. Ghost so. has Gilly cornered because she's got a rabbit, a couple rabbits, and he's hungry, and he has a rabbit in his mouth. And one on the ground by he's him. He's a good boy. Yeah, he was just fetching some rabbits. Technically, she was trying to raise, because uh, John runs up and she's gonna breed her, gets yeah. the gets Ghost off, like backs him off Yeah, a he bit. wolfs one down, and yeah, John calls him over. And she's young, 15, 16, and yeah. early in pregnancy. So she was going to breed them because all the sheep are gone. So that's the first mention that the sheep are all yep. missing. Um, and John's like, my bad. We'll like, make good for it. We'll do what we got to. Yeah. And then Ghost goes and, uh, well, a bunch of people Others, start yeah, showing up Lark, now. the Sisterman, and Chet. Yeah. Start, and they're fucking cunts. Yeah. And they're just running their mouths. And she finally kind of runs off. And yeah. Lark and Savage saying Ghost wants to eat. The baby, out yeah, her. yeah, and John is not amused. I'm not amused. And tells her you're scaring her, and Chet says warning her more like, but she remembers she's not supposed to talk. Yeah, and bolts and go. I like this because Lark, Lark yeah. goes to get the. It tries to snatch that rabbit up, and Ghost fucking whoop. Yeah, like, and no. at first I thought, and yeah, he hits his ass because yeah. Ghost just fucking scares he just the falls shit right out over. And, and at first I thought. Ghost ate it, but Ghost brings it oh, to yeah, John. Oh, yeah, he brings it. He walks it over to John. And Chet calls him the Lord Commander's pet and says he wouldn't be so bold if he didn't have that monster with him. And John just turns and walks away, Ghost going with him. And he passes Giant, who yeah, has crammed himself yeah. into the hollow of a dead oak. Uh, it was Ghost who found uh, ends up finding Sam under an outcropping of rock feeding the ravens. And before we get to their conversation, I think we should find our own outcropping of rock to do our small console. Small console. We'll catch you in a minute. Boom. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Small Council. Yeah. We are just going to run through our socials pretty quick. We do want to thank all the people who are commenting and liking on YouTube. We yeah. appreciate that. Uh, all the comments on Podbean. We're going to kind of drop those uh, comments and discussions into the episodes where they correlate with those characters. Yeah. And so we will get more into those. But, again, we are reading them. We appreciate all that feedback. Um, if you would like to write to us, you can most easily get to us at our Gmail, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at carstark92. Nate's on Twitter at mannerswithout, which is also the Instagram. Yep, we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. We have a private Facebook group, which you can get an invite to if you check out our Patreon. And that's where we release some uh, exclusive content. Which there's a new episode up. Out, yep. up yeah. out now. Check it's... out Elaine, the sample chapter. Um I think it's a doozy. So that's patreon.com slash mannerswithout. Yeah. And we appreciate any rates, reviews, subscribes, likes, comments, everything like that. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood, and you can leave. That'll direct you to whatever is easiest for you to leave a review for us. We appreciate it. Um, I think that's most of our yeah, they our did. stuff. That diddly doos it. So and we'll so, let you get back to the episode. Yeah, nice and short. Yeah. I 
like to drink peanut butter. I fucking hate you. John tells Sam that he is wanted by Mormont to draw maps. Don't look at me all ashamed. You act like such a fucking <laughs> little pushover on this podcast, <laughs> and you're the biggest fucking cunt on the what? planet. Fuck off. <laughs> and anyone who buys it, fuck. <laughs> but you see how he treats me? This is Mormont tells him he wants... Sam to draw some maps for him, and Sam is not pleased about... I'm not pleased, John, you've going to told yeah, me. Going to meet Craster, but John tells him to eat first and dry your feet. Yeah, because he pulls out the rabbit, and he's like, look what I got, Yeah, yo! we haven't done him. We're going to feast, bitch, because so we just stole this rabbit yeah, from, from, this, from yeah, Craster. This pregnant like, woman. Fuck them. John gathers wood, starts a fire, and skins the rabbit and begins to cook it, and it smells delicious. Yo, everybody around is jealous as fuck, and yeah. even Ghost is like, I'm going to have some more. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can have some rabbit. And he's like, no, you ha- get the fuck. Uh, yeah, it's fucking Barrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Sam asks him how Craster really is. And after the telling and they finish eating, it was dark out. And John isn't, thinks to himself, he's not really sure how Craster even defends this place because he's got no sons around. But he tells Sam that he should be off. And so Ghost and John stretch, oh, stretch out by the fire and sleep. <laughs> and, uh, Fall asleep, and John wakes up to a cold morning. The fire out, ghost gone. I love this moment. I fucking love this moment. The Chris, the forest had turned to crystal overnight. The tents of the Black Brothers encased in fine gla- a fine glaze of glass, of ice, Jesus Christ. John's cloak itself just frozen stiff. It... It's, yeah, it's everything, all the rain froze in the yeah, cold, yeah. cold night, and there's a magic beyond the wall after all, he thinks, and he thinks of his sisters, which is just the best part now, of this. Now, I actually do want to, we had mentioned in our small council that we only mention the comments on the episodes they correlate with, but uh, one of the comments was that we, they were kind of bashing John about not mentioning his sisters, both or his the sisters, family, just Arya, just almost Arya. always Arya. Yeah. But in this one, he he started with Sansa. Yeah. She would tear up, and not in like a uh, a negative. Way. No, no, yeah, she, she would, would tear call up this at the magic. Enchantment. This is beautiful, yeah. and that's absolutely like she would tear up, and it would be this beautiful moment for her. Whilst Arya would go running out, fucking Laughing trying to touch and everything, shouting, and yeah. Like, and so I just thought it was a nice moment. Well, where I he think thinks that's, of both of them. I think that's where he's at. It's this. I'm in, like, this is enrapturing, like, this beautiful, and then also that kind of little kid, like, I just want to go smash the ice sheets and play in it, because it's so pretty and cool looking, and it's like an ice castle, and it's all mystical, and so, yeah, he goes through the two, and starts with Sansa, I think. That's what I was, yeah, it started with Sansa. I think it's funny, though, because if they were there, Sansa might now, at this point, Look at that with less of that enchanted goggles, and Arya wouldn't want to stay. She'd look at the danger, and she'd take her mantras into account. What's what do I see yeah, here? See with What's, your eyes, what do yeah. I? And it wouldn't be anything like he'd expect already. So he hears a meek Lord Snow and turns, and there's fucking Gilly just Batmaning <laughs> it on right the edge of this cro- rock outcropping. What the hell? She's like slapping the no, cloak. I pictured Smeagol wearing fucking Frodo's cloak. Lord Snow, Lord Snow, my precious Sadas. <laughs> yeah, Fuck the, the rabbit girl, John calls her, is wrapped in a large black cloak, so large it drowned her, and it's Sam's cloak, so, he realizes. I just want to really quick mention, because it reminds Reminded me that uh, at Sir Buckley on Twitter does these uh, two characters that you wouldn't mind. I think either have a point of view or just prefer whatever it is. Once it was Littlefinger versus Varys. But the most recent one that I voted on on Twitter he did was 
OSHA, uh, not OSHA, fucking, yeah, it was, it was OSHA, uh, versus Gilly. Oh, OSHA. Oh, dude, like, OSHA blew Gilly out of the fucking water, and I just thought it was funny. I mean, book Gilly annoys me less than show Gilly, Well, because they had, I think it was talking point of view chapters, and so the people who were defending Gilly had some neat points of, you know, she would have some knowledge of Craster, and I forgot about, like, because I was all for OSHA, and I said in that tweet that, like, Yo, the, the fights, the people, like, she's running because she's scared of these others also. So the shit she's seen. But Gilly, like, Gilly you may forget have that even she, seen she, it OSHA. says right here. True. Go, like, Gilly is kind of at the, the, the forefront the between of, what like, we yeah. know and what we don't. And so Gilly could see a lot of the And so he, she admits right here to him in a minute that she's seen the others. And yeah. Like, yeah, she's cloaked in uh, Sam's cloak, and John is wondering why. And he tells her, I ate the rabbit, and he feels absurdly guilty for it. But <laughs> she tells him that Mormont gave Craster a crossbow with a hundred, so that's settled. And she asks him if he is truly brother to a king. And he admits, half-brother, I am Ned Stark's bastard, brother of Rob, king in the north. Why are you here? And she says, the fat one, Sam, <laughs> said to see you. He gave me his cloak, so I would say I be- so no one would say I didn't belong. And John just says, you know, won't your dad kill everyone? And you know, shit. She goes on. They say the king gives justice and protects the weak. Yada yada yada. She wants to leave. She's scared for her baby because she's been told by Nella that it's going to be a boy. And, and Nella's had six Nella's, boys. Nella's got like some she knows what you know. And these are midwives. Back then, they had techniques that were. Legit, they knew some shit, man, I guess. Yeah. She takes a knee and begs it before him, and he's like, you know, don't beg anything of me. And she says, I'll be your wife if you want. He says, the Night's Watch we brothers take no wives. We're guests, in, we're guests in your father's house. I couldn't. And she's like, no, not you. Not you. She and. So. <laughs> we've brought up guests, right? Pretty much any time it's come up. It's and come up in the last here we're three seeing chapters. A loophole right. through it. So we saw it in Renly. Yeah. We saw it just before that with Bran, Bran and accepting them. And so we've seen it back to back. And here she, and of all people, Gilly, who you think is just this dumb, you Ditty, know, housewife, yeah. 16-year-old daughter. Well, I mean, kid. you're assuming like the, the inbreeding here, how exactly. far reaching But it she's is. clever enough to, I just whistled when I said she, that was weird. Um, She... She saw this loophole of you didn't actually eat in his, any of his food, nor slept. By you his didn't fire. sleep by his fire under his roof. You stayed outside. You, he you never gets. He never gave you his guess, rules. Right? Don't apply. You're not to bound you. to him. Yeah, and she says it's for it's for my baby, and so he asks her name, and she says it is Gilly for the Gilly flower. Which always just makes me think of Eamon in the show. Like the gilly flower. Yeah, and she tells him that it, it is just the baby. Because, like. She's... If it's a girl, it might not be so bad. She'll grow a few years and he'll marry her. But Nell sa- Nella says it's to be a boy and he gives the boys to the gods. What gods? She says the cold gods. The ones in the night. The white shadows. Yeah. <laughs> That's why uh, he immediately he says, flashes to the tower. Come, well, he says, "Come the white cold." That's when he starts giving the boys, and as of late, it comes more often. Come the white cold, and it's been coming more often. So straight up, like these white, the, the white cold. It's yeah, the we're learning. White it's it's that the snow the that cold. that bring the. And lately, they've been coming more. They're often. recruiting. They're they're like here a lot, and so. 
that's why at first we were giving them sheep, which were they taking the sheep? Well, no, he was offering sheep because he couldn't. Because he kids couldn't. Fast but were enough. they taking them? That's it. Like were they? Were, being... Like did they fucking turn sheep? Like are, is someone gonna get attacked uh, by an fuck. undead army of ba, sheep? Ba, black I'm, sheep. I'm so <laughs> fucking down for that. They're gonna be the ones riding the ice spiders. But yeah, no, I just thought that was like that's why we started giving them sheep. The sheep are gone. Next will be the dogs until and she rubs her belly until my baby and so yeah that's when you know i went back a little bit for that but i just thought that come the white cold he does and of late it comes more often yeah yeah. so yeah they're recruiting hard and john remembers the tower remembers the dead men and asks what color are their eyes blue as bright as blue stars and as cold and john knows immediately she she's seen them craster lied and so he tells her, we're going north. We seek these fucking things that you're trying to flee and not have your baby given to. And well, we seek going Mance, to, Yeah, we're going to and, fight Mance Raider. And, and she's like, like, oh, on the way back, you could. And he's like, we don't even know if we're coming this way. If any of us survive in the first place. Yeah, it, and it's Lord Mormont. The Lord Crow, the one you call Lord Crow, he gets to pick. Not me anyway. Yeah, yeah it's So, not, like, sorry, but I don't know what to tell you, bitch. So, despairing, she flees. Sam's cloak flapping behind her like some great Batman. black wings. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't like it. And damn, John thinks, damn her, and damn Sam for sending her to me. We're here to fight wildlings, not save them, which fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that yeah. line That's goes the line through I underline, John's head. That we are here to fight wildlings, not save them. Oh, John. He is going to you create the new child. gift. He is going to gift them the space below the wall to save them all from certain doom. He falls in love with one, like, John, Fuck. my sweet summer child. Fuck. You and, know nothing. And men begin to wake now, and the magic of the morning is gone. And so John kind of walks through, following some smells of cooking food, and eats with Gren and Dywin as Dywin is boasting of having three of Craster's women during the evening. And Ed complains about... John asks him if he slept well, and he's like, eh, I don't I don't know if I'd call it sleeping. Like, some of them fucking snore. It was the floor. A dog crawled on top of me, so I was at least warm, but then he pissed in my Yeah, well, that was, I think Dywin got pissed on. No, Ed, it was oh, Ed, because Ed, Ed says, it seems as if both gods and dogs oh, right, right. together take pleasure in pissing on me. And it, I like I, he's just so melancholy. Like, they're eating, and he's just sitting there like, yeah, no, my night yeah. was shit. It was shit. The gods hate me. And so John heads off to find Mormont entering Craster's hall, and he sees Mormont is eating at the bo- at the table, and Craster's still fucking Donsky, wine drunk, as Gilly had told him. Yeah. And so Mormont means to leave within the hour, and he wants John to get his horse saddled and ready, and he asks John if he's eaten, which I really love, like that, la- like, uh, have you eaten? Did like, you eat, boy? Mor- like, Craster's got kind of shit food, but it's filling. Like, and John at that moment decides he will not be eating here yeah. under his roof. He wants Is to... that because of Gilly's guest right thing? Yes. He doesn't I, want I to be bound to any other... in any way. That, because she found that loophole yeah. and brought it to his attention. Oh. Well, if I eat it, then I am bound. and then I can I, still act He and can do still something. potentially act, which goes to show that, you know, the... The vow he told uh, Mormont when right before they left that he's not gonna do stupid shit. He's yeah. not gonna let pride or things well, like that get involved. Well, he does at least bring it up to Mormont. He in does. A bit, so that's some of his growth. But yeah, he decides that and he tells Mormont he ate with the men, and so he goes and finds he finds Sam behind the hall with Gilly, who was giving his cloak back. And seeing John, she runs off, and Sam kind of looks at him woundedly and. 
I thought you would help her, John. And John says, how? like, how? There's no fucking way that could happen, Sam. And Sam just kind of argues back and forth. You know, we could have taken her with us and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And-, and John's like, I don't got time for this shit. And he walks away as confused as he was angry. Sam's heart was big, and yet he could be as thick as Gren. What he asked was asked was impossible and dishonorable. So why do I feel so ashamed? That was really super quiet. That's what I'm like. Did you not see me inching the microphone closer to you the whole episode? Nope. Fuck. So <sighs> John takes his usual position next to Mormont as the Night's Watch rides out from Craster's. Yeah, Fucking... shit starts to get interesting here for Johnny. Yeah, they you know head off. Uh, crossing a brook like nothing really yeah they just gets very detailed but yeah he woods. brings up to mormont craster's lack of sheep or sons and says that we had heard tales at winterfell of wildlings laying with others to birth half human children yeah mormont is ah, it's just child scary stories fucking shut up does craster seem less than human to you in half a hundred ways john thinks that like, yeah it's god damn it and so mormont John realizes, knows that Craster gives his sons to the woods. In fact, all rangers know. Yes. And John, though few speak of it, and John asks, did my uncle know? And all rangers know. All rangers know. hmm, that's interesting. That's something that they need to know, that he works with the the whites. The The whites. Fuck. Yeah, like, he's a secret agent man like all rangers are aware that the whites all are... senior oh. citizens should have life alert yeah all the fucking rangers know it's it's wild but he starts to mention his dad ned he says my fu-, and like hesitates for a second but mormont's like hold up oh i'm being told to hold up you're being told to hold he's up. got his book out i've got my ladies and out. gentlemen because mormont says you think i should stop him kill him if need be but the wildlings serve crueler gods than you or I, and his boys were his offerings. I wrote, uh, the, is this the quote you're looking for? No. Uh, his prayers, if you will. And so Mormon asks him how he came to hear of this. And do, 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 oh, do, and do. he says that one of the Craster's wives he basically kind of picks out. Yeah. His Craster's wife. She was frightened and wanted help. And this is the quote that I wanted to read. Mormont says, the wide world is full of people wanting help, John. Would that some could find the courage to help themselves. Craster sprawls in his loft, even now stinking of wine and lost to sense. On his board below lies a sharp new axe. Were it me, I'd name it answered prayer and make an end. Like, Mormont, I, like, I like, like, He's giving these women a way to free themselves, yeah. but he can't do it himself. Right. Like, and that's kind of what he's saying is we have a duty, help where we can. But for the most part, we're beggars and we can't kill Craster ourselves so, because to do right. so is to shoot ourselves. And in that's the foot. what I, I, re, I wrote down this quote that comes right shortly after that. Yeah. And it makes me think of Danny and her lack of this conscious. This conscience, this, you know, voice of reason is, he says, Craster is his own man. He was sworn us no vows, uh, nor is he subject to our laws. Your heart is noble, John, but learn a lesson here. We cannot set the world to rights. That is not our purpose. Yeah. And just very much that we can't force our laws on the whole world. That's not how it works. The South can't do it. Danny shouldn't do it. 
And I thought it was just an interesting piece of advice that he's giving him that's going to put that point of sense into John that, like, it doesn't, which will lead to him bringing the wildlings down. Yeah, and, and not like, asking like, them to kneel to yeah, Stannis. Yeah, like, saying these things that are, you know, Danny doesn't have that kind of a voice of reason whispering. She has a fucking Mormont. She hasn't even gotten a Barristan Selmy yet. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, because that, that quote that Mormont said came in response to John saying, My father had told me that some men are not worth having. A bannerman who is brutal or violent, dishonors him, or unjust, dishonors his liege lord as well as himself. Which, <laughs> then Mormont follows up with that. But that made me think, that's Tywin, or that's Ned describing Tywin. Yeah. And the sack of King's Landing. Uh, a bannerman who is brutal or unjust disgraces his liege. That's Ned's hatred for Tywin right there. So that's is... also how Ned basically had the mountain hunted down. That, well, that's, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that part. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was an interesting, like, of course, that would be one of Ned's litanies is. The Bannerman right. answers or is responsible for upholding the liege lord as well. So right before he had actually entered the tent, he had run into the scouting camp uh, group getting ready to leave, headed uh, led, led by Buckwell. And so John mentions here that Buckwell had told him, uh, "Sharpen your sword. You're yep. going to need it soon." And Mormont. He tells this to Mormont, and Mormont's like, well, you know, he might have the right of it because Mance is gathering forces. They're in the the Frostfang Mountains. (sighs) And he tells John... Ice spiders. Ice spiders in the Frostfangs. And they they knew that he was gathering forces, but now they know where, which is the important thing. But they... Is he making a city or an army? And, like, first of all, shut up, John. (laughs) Uh, no, he, he says that that's the question. That's like, how many wildlings are there? How many fighting men capable? No one knows. The frost fangs are cruel and inhospitable. Those, there's so many assumptions there, even though he's just asking questions. How many fighting men are there? Doesn't matter. How many, how many, how many fighters? Like they're wild. Yeah. They're wildlings. Um, Frost fangs are cruel, Frost inhospitable, fangs. in a wilderness of ice and stone. Isn't that north of the wall? That's their life. That's what they. And you and so, like, so far as we know, very few people go up and around the frost fangs. So, so you, you don't, don't know, know what the current condition uh, of it is. Exactly. I can see only one purpose in the gathering. Mance means to strike south into the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. And so John notes wildlings have invaded before, recalling stories from Old Nan and Lewin. Yeah. And Raymond Redbeard led them south in the times of my grandfather's grandfather, and before them was a king named Bale the Bard. And Mormont goes on, naming a couple more, and says, I, in an ancient days, Joramond blew the horn of winter and woke the giants from the earth. So... Jorman, the Horn of Winter, is yeah. a significant, maybe significant horn that we'll be hearing a little and bit more thing about. That, yeah, exactly. So it's popping up now. But he says, you know, never in the history of the Night's Watch have we been as weak as we are. Yeah. Our numbers has dwindled. The Lord Not of... to mention the Lord of Winterfell, currently the king in the north, has taken all of his bannermen down south to fight in a war, leaving the north unprotected and with nobody capable well, of rushing I, to I, I really liked the noting of, because Mormont does this kind of clever thing here where he says Jorman blew the horn of winter and woke the giants each though broke his strength on either the wall or were broken by the might of Winterfell so he pays Winterfell a compliment but then he says the Night's Watch is a shadow of what it is both 
insult like because he gives both the watch and Winterfell a compliment, and then he insults them both here by saying, "The Night's Watch is but a shadow of what it was. The Lord of Winterfell is dead," he says. Right, and the king in the and north. the and, and and his heir, his heir, not the king, not the lord, not the war, the, the lord's heir, the heir. He is not counting Rob as anything, a player. Yeah. yeah, has marched south to battle the Lannisters. So like. And he says that to John, and the way that John doesn't, I was like, "That's definitely done." Like right I felt like Tyrion, head. where I'm like, "Definitely done, Mormon." Like, well, like you're teaching him a lesson that, like, we are both fucking weak. And if you think we're not, if you think Winterfell is this bastion of hope that's gonna stop whatever this is, you're fucking wrong. Like Ned Stark was strong enough to hold them. Your brother is not. Sorry. That's the way it fucking is, and I loved it. I just thought it was so subtle. This. Yeah, yeah. But he says, the wildlings may not get this chance again. Man's raider is an oathbreaker, yes, but he has the eyes to see, and no one alive can call him faint heart. We must find him, stop him, fight him. And John thinks, kind of stretching out his hand, 300 against the fury of the wild. And that's the end of John. As you whisper the end of John. Whatevs. Jerk. You'll heighten it. Um, uh, yeah, of course. Leave more shit for me to do. Anyway, I thought this was a, an absolutely spectacular so, chapter for John. Are they arriving at the Fist of the First Men in the next chapter? I believe they're arriving there, but not it's the not duck. the... Is that the actual battle? Is when they, oh, they God, have to no, leave past John and, and come back? John and... Uh, oh, my God. Because he needs to find the dragon glass and stuff. What the and... fuck is his name? Who are you thinking? Halfhand? The Halfhand, half Corrin. John oh. and Corrin have to yeah, go off and, and, right. and do that. And then it's when they're off, they get attacked right. by the at the Fist of the First Men. Because John's not a part of that. Right. And then, yeah. So, yeah, they've got to get to the Fist, do some shit there. Corrin's got to arrive. But anyway, yeah, great fucking chapter. Craster's creepy, though a lot of white shit. A lot and I love of white it. shit. I like, because there's it. almost quote unquote confirmed white stuff. Uh, and increased activity. Yeah. Gilly and has straight up it. said they've been coming more often now. Uh-huh. Like, they're ramping up for something too here. And that's the interesting thing is there seemingly is two armies gathering in this chapter. Not just the wildlings, but the oh, whites well, the as well. Doing some shit too. So who's your inductee? My inductee is going to the motherfucking sheep. Because if we get a goddamn contingent of undead fucking sheep attacking the wall or Winterfell, my life's co- fuck the ice spiders. <laughs> Whoa! I want the ice sheep. Ice sheep? Are they as big as hounds? They're also? not. They're as big as sheep, dog. Oh, just regular so, sheep, just undead sheep. Bah, I'll like, fucking eat you. Apparently, they <laughs> took them. So like, and they, I would assume they don't need to eat. So. Who knows? But those, Who the knows? fucking sheep, man. All right, some undead ice sheep. Fucking a. Um, wow. Um, mine was gonna be is gonna be Buckwell. Um, he's the one that blew the horn, announcing yep. that Craster's Keep was there and occupied. He greeted him in the the yard. He's just been friendly towards him. Yeah, the he's time. been friendly to John a lot. And so I like Buckwell. Uh, Keep I'm your curious. sword sharp, John. We I'm, may need it. Yeah, which cu- he called it his bastard sword. Keep your bastard sword sharp. Yeah, which that is like my fa- that's my line from Corrin Halfhand. I didn't realize that we get it here. Corrin, before John has to kill him, keeps asking him, "Is your sword sharp, John Snow? Is your sword sharp, John Snow? Is your sword sharp?" Like so, the fact that Buckwell, Buckwell says it here, like "Keep your sword sharp, John Snow. Sword. We may need it." Like fuck. 
me. Yeah, it so Buckwell, Buckwell is who I think. I, I mean, he's the leader of the scouting group, so I mean, it's good to have somebody like that in the Brotherhood. Um, I'm curious to watch and see if or where he dies. Yeah, true that. Probably at the fifth. Fist, yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe he turns and he's an asshole in the mutiny at the at Crasher's Keep. Oh, I mean, that would break my little I know. heart. I'd be very upset because Buckwell's all right. If yeah, he Buckwell's turns on Morma, I don't think so because that's read so, by yeah. fucking Rast. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking Rast. No, Rast is down with fucking... Who's the dumb shit that John doesn't like? Chet? No, there's Chet, and there was someone who was being a fuck to Sam. Sister? No, early. Was oh. being a, Like, in the yard when they were training. Right, right. Rast. Yeah, no? it was Rast. Yeah. It was Rast and the goons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we did get an inductee for, from Julian, and he says, Hi, fellas. Very nice chapter to be on the wall. Much room for inductees, and mine is going to be Ed. I think Zach had already given him a seat in the Brotherhood, and though I didn't quite share the opinion at that time, I do now. He's got wit. I like him. Have a good one there. Valida Harris. Excellent choice. Short and sweet. I love it. And, yeah, Ed brings this sort of dour comedy north of the wall, and I fucking love it. And it doesn't relent at all. And he's been doing it since the very beginning of the – since his first appearance in the books is like that. And the actor who did him in the show did a pretty great job. Um, but they didn't give him this kind of no, content to work with. Yeah, he's like, just so He was good. dour and, like, complaining in the show, but it could come off annoying. Whereas in this – it was funny, but it could come off annoying. In this, he's got stuff to say. Yeah. And he says it in a really clever way – and it's you almost think it's just him bitching, but there are things he's noticing in snippets. So yeah, Ed is a fucking great one. Those are our inductees. That's Julian's inductee. Thank you, Julian. We're gonna next time be reading Theon <laughs> two. So join yeah. us for that. We'll be So uh, is that Theon's meeting his sister without realizing it's his sister? Is that that one? Because he's preparing. I'm pretty sure that's it. But Theon's doing some shit that's Theon and we can't stand the fucker, but we'll make the chapter I, fun for thing, you to read. That's the thing. like I can't remember Theon's spacing because it's so wild. We lose yeah, him yeah. for some books. And yeah, so I think he's up. heading out to, to go see where his sister's at because he's going to be – he has to talk to her before he actually goes and tries to take Winterfell. Well, yeah. I mean, she's going to be leading right. the fucking charge, so he's got to see that he's been exactly. superseded. Anyway. Yeah, join us for Theon 2, and then after that, Tyrion I believe it's six. Tyrion 6. And then Arya 6, I believe, is Arya, right after. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's going to be some good ones coming up here, and we will catch you then. Valor de Harris. Peace. Peace.